A very warm welcome to Fabulous Flowers, episode 7, with me, Lucy Nolan, and our ever-present celebrity floral expert, the wonderfully talented Paulie Hawkins. Hello there, Paulie. Hello, Lucy. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Very, very good. Absolutely wonderful, mm. in fact, I'd say. Well, you're sounding very sparkly there, I have to say, but it's all it's all good here. I've been, I've been tinkering at the garden centre, which has been really a, a total treat. I'm buying all those things I didn't know I needed, as well as the things I, I do need. But um, so that's been lovely. Lots of tinkering. And I love oh. good old potter in the garden, as I know you do. I absolutely do. And fortunately, we have the weather still on our side, so we can still get out there and potter. Just divine. Yeah. And so I'm super excited, actually, about your choice uh, this week because it is one of my go to's. I love, love, love. And I have a garden here in sunny Sussex. And I'm lucky enough to have quite a few of these particular flowers in my own garden. So I'm very much looking forward to your chat today, Paulie. Tell us all about the flower of your choice. Well, Lucy, today's flowery chat just deserves a great big fanfare drums, sort of bands, bunting, the lot. We are going to Mom. be talking about the rose. Ooh, lovely, lovely, lovely. <laughs> so exciting. So exciting. I mean, the, the rose really is the holy grail of flowers in broadstreet terms. I mean, it is, it is, it's just beautiful, vibrant, fragrant, just you know, endless, a plethora of lovelinesses you could apply to these beautiful blooms. And they're, God, I mean, they're, it's bewildering. There are so many hundreds of varieties to choose from. And, but, I, you know, they're, they're just out there either in your garden, from your florist, from your supermarket or from your garage or even down at your village shop. So they are just the most amazing star performers. They're, they are your choice flower in your floral arrangement. Um, and they are the one you pop right in the middle, so your eyes drawn to it. Um, mm. Just, uh, just divine, heavenly, heavenly. Um, you can't really go wrong with a rose, can you? No, not at all. And I love that idea of of sort of having your eye drawn by a rose because that's so true. They are a thing of enormous beauty, aren't they? They just are, and they're they're kind of nearly every bride's dream. You know, you can't really say, "Oh, don't don't really like roses," actually. Um, mm. You know, they're they're they're, they're the epitome of romance, and I always call them the goddess of all blooms. I mean, they really are. Oh um, yes, actually, Paulie, <laughs> do you remember taking you back, obviously, uh, a couple of years ago to my mm. own wedding in Ireland, Southern Ireland, mm. to slightly annoy you? Do you remember where I got you to put a whole swathe of white roses? You had well, I mean, most brides have their flowers at the front, um, mm. <laughs> mm. Um, in a bouquet, in a lovely bouquet, which you did have a lovely bouquet. But you had a fabulous idea to have a bit of a what I call a Darcy bustle down the back. It was like a, a like a kind of a shenanana. I wish I could explain what I'm saying. A kind of a a, a swathe and a, a wiggle and a and, a, and a, a, a sort of floral drop of flowers from the base of your back going down over your bottom down the back of the dress. Yes, a train, it was. a floral train, darling. It was. You did it so beautifully. It was white roses that looked like they were growing up the train of the dress. It was just, I just, you know, when you mentioned that bride's dream of roses, that took me immediately to my own wedding, back to me. Yeah, and I back, back I was, when, when I was making it, I thought, it doesn't kind of flip upside down as you walk and you end up seeing the, the underside of it, which wouldn't have been that pretty. Right? It would have just been stems and foliage. But... So, uh, but luckily it sat very nicely and just looked amazing. I've forgotten about that. Hmm. Happy days, happy days. But 
for, for me as a florist, fragrance is vital. Because um, you know, when you see a rose, what do you do? You lean over and you give it a good old sniff, don't you? So yes. I prefer the English grown, British grown, lovely blousy ones, which, you know, they don't really last that long. They're lovely for a party. Um, so you know, that, they're perfect for that. But for long lasting ones, you want these farmed ones that last for a good old week and they're grown and farmed in Ecuador or somewhere miles away like that. There's a mm. slight, you know, what's it called carbon footprint that's the one a bit but they are incredibly bulletproof and, and, and you know amazing growers out there but for me you can't you can't really beat english rose or a british rose mm. um just scented and divine 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 yes well, i'm just sort of i've just, just sort of lost in a bit of a reverie there thinking about roses but but you know i use buckets and buckets and buckets of them when i'm doing a, a large event and you know that the, the right from the market and you see all these amazing buckets full of them um and it's just such an, an amazing scene and it's also quite daunting because you think we've got lots of work to do <laughs> mm, um, yes and then my other favorite bit is seeing the empty buckets because it means the job's nearly done but um uh. you know, there, there, there are lots of lovely florist roses grown um in holland and all over the world and they're, they're very very resilient and scented and they you know they arrive via the dutch auction and some of my sort of commercial favorites which are all grown for florists would be read off a few there's the white avalanche with a slight greenliness to it. um mm. there's a lovely dirty sort of lovely pink one secret garden um which is like a lovely old pink very delicate faded and antique looking and then mm. one of my biggest favorites is majolica or majolica however you want to pronounce it if you're feeling a bit spanish that's just a lovely spray rose so you've got lots of little heads and it's a lovely oystery creamy color and it smells of almonds mm. almonds really beautiful. amazing and then a couple of other favorites norma jean which is a lovely scented white one after a lovely good old marilyn monroe mm. and a beautiful deep red one called ecstasy um, oh, wow. which is a lovely, deep, red, velvety, and a Ralph Lauren-y, luxurious one. Um, actually, I used to use it for the Ralph Lauren contract. Do that. Big favourite for them. And then last, but by no means least, is Miss Piggy, which is a wonderful kind of... That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. It's a kind of a jaunty, orangey-pink colour, and they're fab. They're really jolly. But, I mean, this year, it's all about the the nudes and the neutrals and the blushes uh, they're all the rage and i'd love to mix mm. those with a, a big old cafe au lait dahlia but we'll do daily yes do you think that when you cut the miss piggies do you have when they cut the roses you have to go hi ah, every time you cut one or how does that work <laughs> oh kirby yeah i won't do my miss piggy impression um kirby <laughs> yes yeah, that sounds great well what a lovely, lovely choice is there i love miss piggy i mean they're, they're, they are great but these are all grown en masse you know all over the world and they come to the floral crossroads the dutch auction and from there they go you know all over the world again so, mm. yeah so i do like the homegrown ones but for me you know they are romantic bridal work you know they, I, I use them a lot for head circlet sure. bridesmaids and and if i was to describe my ultimate wedding bouquet it would be a mixture of white roses um, cream roses with white peonies and lily of the valley softened with beautiful mm. lime green alcamilla mollusk um 
Gosh, it almost makes me want to get married all over again. Don't tell Andy, for goodness sake. <laughs> um, obviously to him. Obviously. But uh, what stories stand out? What jobs have you done? What um, what have you sort of got in your archive of wonderful rose bouquets or displays that you could share with us from past years? Well, there's obviously the, the romance of them all in a very traditional, beautiful way you know in, in in enormous great arrangements in churches and and mm. uh, at sort of glitzy sort of launches in in, in london and uh, uh, i did a huge one in capri and they all had to Ooh. be flown out um oh tell us about that go, oh my goodness we had to go you know we well the, the owner of the boat i can't tell you about because i signed an nda um they were all asleep and we had to do it while they were asleep and they were you know they wanted to wake up for a big flowery celebration for the mother's 80th birthday so she'd arrived from goodness knows where um so we worked all night on this boat and then we had to get back in the dinghy and be taken ashore before the sun rose um oh my goodness it was like um james bond it really really was and of course it sounds really glamorous going off to capri la 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 but did we see any of it not really back to the airport back home but it was a fabulous job and amazing to see such an incredible super yacht but um oh, wow that's amazing Paulie. i love hearing all those sort of stories about jobs and clients and things when you when you've done jobs like that it's something that is so out of everybody's normal existence it's just great to hear all the insider knowledge and finding out about you popping about in boats in the middle of italy just to uh, to give people their floral delights for a birthday or some sort of celebration that's it's just amazing we do see some pretty amazing places yeah i, mean, mm, I bet I tell you what would be lovely would be for you to give us, and I'm sure the listeners would be very grateful for, uh, I would myself, I know, be really handy to get some of your tips when cutting and using roses to put in our homes and make our displays. What are a few do's and don'ts? Well, my first tip buying them from a shop would be, while mm. no one's looking, get the rosebud and give it a bit of a squeeze. And if it's nice and firm, that means the roses aren't old and they're going to open. If it's soft, as in the bud, if it feels nice and firm, it's going to open, it's going to behave. If it's soft, they're old, don't go near. But, I mean, there are so many different, you know, ways with roses. But, um, but with any cut flowers, I think it's lovely if you're going, going to pick them from the garden them early in the morning when fully hydrated, they've got lots of dew on them, it's cool, that there's going to be no sort of a cutting shock um and so that they've been sort of relaxed through the night there's no hot sunshine and if you if you choose them in the, in the late bud stage when the outer petals are already open um that's great but the center of the rose isn't fully open that's a really good thing to look for they'll last longer in the vase oh great um, but don't cut from the back of the bush this is a sort of this is a great little tip don't cut from the back of the bush cut them from the front where the sun's been shining, the stems are strong, the flowers will be stronger. And, you know, give the, give the bush a, um, a bit of a feed and it'll grow back very quickly with more rays. But, um, Great. no, I love that. I love that. And, and, you know, I mean, if everyone's eating roses, it's such a lovely thing to do. But another thing is don't use a trug. You know, that lovely romantic oh, vision yes. of wandering along with a trug, looking a bit... Um, trugging. I know. Yes, I like trugging. At... You like trugging. <laughs> I like trugging and I like to trug. Um, mm. Isn't that from... Um, Not the Nine O'Clock News. That's it. Trucking. Thank you, yeah. John Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your friend. Um, mm. 
Uh, yes, so, yes. So what you're saying, don't use a drug. Why not? Don't use a drug because I think it's, and it sounds a bit of a, a schlep, but take some container of lovely cool water and as soon as you've oh. cut them, put them into the bucket. So they're immediately drinking and they'll be hydrated and lasting longer. Great. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some kind of lovely container that you can take along with you. Um, but obviously when you're using them, strip off most of the foliage, leave a few leaves at the top so it still mm. looks like a rose. Yeah. Um, and before you re-chop them to put them in your arrangement, split the stem at an angle and then cut up the wood. So you're splitting it and so more water can get in there. Mm. Sort of exposing the water-absorbing cells, a fresh wound, and cut it immediately in the water, split it. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, no, and I think just, you know, change the water, recut the stems. Um, and just not in direct sunlight, just somewhere cool, a bit shady in the house. Um, Brilliant. That's great. I I, think, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just just um, follow those rules and you should be fine. That sounds brilliant. In fact, I've planted a beautiful, fragrant pink climbing rose Ooh. underneath my, yeah, underneath my daughter's bedroom. And there are many lovely blooms on that. So I shall be following those rules, Paulie, getting up which, early which, in the morning. I've got to ask you, Lucy, what's it called? Do you know, I don't know. Um, it's got quite heavy kind of double heads um, and they are mm. incredibly pungent, I think would be the Ooh. word I could use there. But they fill the room with their scent, that kind of thing. So I planted them under her window so that when they come out and her windows are open, the, they waft their fragrance up to her window. But um, girl. Hmm, but I'm going to cut some myself, follow your tips and share the fragrance around the house, I think. But I know, uh, if you want to know of a good rose um, yes. for that a really good pink. Would uh -huh. be the Gertrude Jekyll, if anyone if you want a little tip. Oh, I love that. That's noted. Gertrude noted. Jekyll. Oh my goodness. Okay. Everyone, every garden needs a Gertrude Jekyll. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so moving on now to our floriography fun facts, Paulie. I think we did decide we had a chat about this earlier, didn't we? And we hmm. decided that because the rose seems such an amazing thing to chat about, we're gonna just stick with the rose because there's so much there, really. Absolutely. Mm. So I think I'll, I'll kick off um, with just their, a bit of their history, really. We all know, obviously, they've been symbols of love and beauty. And according to fossil evidence, 35 million years old, if oh. you can believe it. Mm. Wow, we. I know. And the earliest examples of wild roses were, in fact, in Crete in about 1600 B.C., and in Greek mythology, Aphrodite, the goddess of love, is said to have created the rose, I love this little myth here, around <laughs> the tears um, and the blood of her lover Adonis. We like that all a bit. Oof, Oof Greek mythology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the rose Gallica, or the Gallic rose, French rose, is a species native to southern and central Europe. And that was one of the first roses to be cultivated in central Europe, recorded in about the 13th century. And the foundation for a large industry in the city of Provence, um, which was an apocryphal rose, which means that it's used in all kinds of healing things. And they made mm. rose confectionery and rose petal jam and rose honey. So that sounded amazing, I thought. Ooh, sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, and then during the Roman period, roses were grown extensively in the Middle East and their petals were used as confetti at celebrations. And that's kind of almost done a full 360 because we've gone through at that time of having 
paper confetti. And now it's it seems to be very much the thing to use real rose petals again for confetti mm. at weddings because they're biodegradable and don't have such a horrendous aftermath. Absolutely. And no grumpy vicars. No grumpy vic. No one likes a grumpy vicar. <laughs> And then briefly, just in the 15th century, the red damask rose was used as a symbol of the factions fighting to control England. And I'm sure we've all done in our history lessons if we managed to stay awake. Um, The white rose symbolised York and the red rose symbolised Lancaster. And as a result, that conflict became known as the War of the Roses. So that's kind of interesting. And mm. yeah, and in the 17th century, roses were in such high demand. They, a bit like tulips, you remember we got onto them being legal tender. Mm. I think, yeah, roses were also, rose water um, were considered legal payments, which was bizarre. So I think over to you, really, Paulie. You can do some that's rose amazing. facts. I mean, mm. I just think that's incredible. They're, they are the gift that keep on giving, aren't they? I mean, they really mm. are. And I'd, mm. I'd like to brighten your day with um, a few wonderful rose references that we found in our floriography research do with different meanings and messages. And you know, obviously the one that gives the most obvious meaning is the red rose, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. um, it's linked to so many messages of, references of symbols of love and enduring mm. passion and and even robert burns's iconic poem tells us that that really famous line my love yeah. is like a red red rose then i'm good poetry now that's newly sprung in june my love is like a melody so sweetly played in tune oh, I love, you. That. love that <laughs> i know and there's that wonderful oh, you, you you know this is that completely utterly enchanting tale by the French author Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. I want to say that in a French way. Oh so Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. And it's called The Little Prince. And I know mm. it's one of your favourites. And it's all about a single red rose protected by a glass dome, which the mm. little prince waters daily. And it's such a wonderful story for children and adults alike. And I'm going to hand over to you, Lucy, to give us a little praise. Yes, yes. Well, I mean... Tracy, yes. I mean, it is an amazing story and it was one of my favourites to read to my kids. But you're right, it's the message for adults as well that's so important. Um, but it was all about this little prince that lives on an asteroid. And he fell in love with this red, red rose and looked after her as if she was a real person. Um, and I used to read it to my kids all the time, all the time. And I'm not going to spoil the story, actually, because there's the most enchanting and rather moving animated version um, film of it now. So anybody that would like to know the story of the prince and his red rose should definitely seek that film out because it's a great family film for a rainy afternoon. But um, anybody with a disposition for being a little bit soft might need a tissue for that one. Oh, and is it called called The Little Prince? It is called The Little Prince. Yes, that's a fantastic, it's a lovely, lovely excuse for for a bit of a relaxing afternoon with a hobnob and a cup of tea. Mm. Oh, but you know there are so many rose references throughout Shakespeare as well. That great romantic tale, Romeo and Juliet. Mm. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Oh, or indeed his wonderful rose reference in Love's Labour's Lost. At Christmas, I no more desire a rose than wish snow in May's newfangled shows. But like each thing, in season grows. In other words. Who wants roses at Christmas? It's a bit like having snow in May. Um, you just don't want that. It's a bit like seeing no. 
you know, asparagus at Christmas or peonies at Christmas don't want people. And um, I really love this quote in particular because it, of course, rings true to my seasonal mantra, you know, mm. keep it seasonal, keep it seasonal. Um, any other facts, Lucy? Yeah, one more, one more literary fact, actually, that I wanted Lovely. to share with you. And that was my dad used to buy, when we were young, audio cassettes, long before audio books or online stories. And we used to listen to them on holiday in Ireland. Lovely. In particular, yeah, and in particular on rainy days by the fire after our baths in the evening. And one such story by Oscar Wilde always brings me right back to that time of my life. And it's actually one of my favourite stories of all time. And it's The Nightingale and the Rose. Oh, I don't and, know that. Yeah, well, it tells the story of a young student who fell in love with a professor's daughter. And she said, I'll dance with you if you bring me a red rose, because they, were, they wanted to go to this ball. Mm. Um, but rather like your mention of Shakespeare's rose in Love's Labour's Lost, it was wintertime and there were no roses. And the student looked out in his garden and thought, oh, damn it, there are no roses. So I can't I can't take her a rose and she won't dance with me. And I'm so in love with her. This is terrible. And a nightingale who lived in the oak tree in his garden felt so sorry for him being in love with the um, professor's daughter that she decided to help him. So she flew off to a rose tree in the garden and asked her to give it one red rose. And this is what the, the uh, rose tree said to the nightingale. If you want a red rose, you must build it out of music by moonlight and stain it with your own heart's blood. You must Damn. sing, I know, you must sing to me with your breast pricked against a thorn all night long. And you must sing to me while the thorn pierces your heart and your lifeblood must throw into my veins and become mine. So the nightingale decided to do that. So she basically gave her life for the good of the student and the, her blood flowed into the rose and the rose made one single amazing red bloom. And the student looked out of his window and thought, oh my goodness, there's a rose in my garden didn't even see the little nightingale that had um, fallen down dead under the rose on the floor. He went and picked the rose. He went to the professor's daughter and he said, look, 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 here's your rose. You know, we can go to the ball. You can dance with me. And she looked mm. at the rose and she said, oh, you know what? Red, not really. Doesn't go with my dress. <laughs> so, so she said, no, thanks. He took the rose and he walked away and he threw the rose into the gutter and a cartwheel went over it and crushed it. And ev I know, and every time I pick red roses or have red roses, I think of that story, and I just delight in mm. them in particular for that poor nightingale that sung her song for one last time to provide that naughty student with his red rose. Gosh, that's quite a story, Lucy. Bye. I know, I know. I was just away with the, with the roses there. I mean, that's mm. just absolutely gorgeous. Thank you for... For sharing that, that's a real, mm. that's a corker. I mean, they're, they're, they are the most revered flower, aren't they? And, and they are. Talk about a bloom throughout history. I mean, they really are an incredible, incredible bloom. And it's mm. actually it's hard to know when to stop. But um, I know I get the feeling we might be running out of time here, Lisa. Yeah, where where right. are we? What, what's going on? I think you're <laughs> right. I think you're right. I think I think I'm going to leap in here with a bit of floral housekeeping. Just remind everybody: keep sending in your fabulous flowers arrangements. Keep uploading them. We're loving them. We're loving them on our Facebook. We're loving them on our Instagram. Just take a photo, tag us at Fabulous Flowers TV, and then Paulie will get to see them because they're great, aren't they, Paulie? Yes, yes. Please do pop over your fabulous, fabulous flowers flower arrangements to our YouTube channel, 
Um, and we're making some lovely little films there for everyone to enjoy, unveiling the mystery of floral decoration. And um, we're going to be making more regularly and uploading them. So do please subscribe and you'll never miss one. Mm, that's a very good idea. Well, I guess that's it, Paulie. So until then, I must go and um, pick my roses and then head over to our website where I can then find all your top tips on roses just to make sure I have refreshed memory when I cut the stems and remove the leaves and cut up mm. and cut them in the morning and all of that kind of thing. So, mm, <laughs> so until then, until then, it's um, a goodbye from me. Until next time, everyone, goodbye. A goodbye from me. Bye. Bye.